This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. Hey. And this week we are talking about Wonka. Yes. So, how long has it since you've seen the original musical? Or, if you haven't seen the musical, Tom, have you seen the original musical for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I have. So, the original, I don't even know what year it was, but, you know, Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I saw it when I was little, but it scared the absolute bejesus out of me. Really? I, I used to hate the film because, you know, we'd get to the bit with Augustus Gloop and the Chocolate River and the boat, and I would just freak out and I couldn't watch it. So I yeah, can't in good con that is scary. Yeah, I can't in good conscience tell you that I've I've watched the whole film. But I definitely used to see it. But actually, my favorite was always the Tim Burton one, the Charlie and the Chocolate yes. Factory one from like what, like two thousand eight or something. I really liked that one. But no, in terms of the musical, the actual one that I've seen was the stage play. Oh, directed. Right, yeah. yeah, the the production that was on the West End. It was directed by Sam Mendes, director of nineteen seventeen. Yeah, and uh, Skyfall. Spectre, you know, loads of really great films. I saw that and it really is amazing. I remember being so wowed by that. But yeah, this is my first Wonka thing for a while. The funny thing is that the Tim Burton one actually scared me. Um, Oh, yeah. It was when, oh, I forgot the name, who chews chewing gum all the time and then she gets turned into this. Violet Beauregard. Yes, her, Violet. And that moment in the Tim Burton one, I was like literally scared. And then the ride as well, when Willy Wonka gets everyone on this boat ride and it was like, what is going on? This is like some like trippy, <laughs> what? what is this? I yeah. think what we're saying is that no matter which version you watch, you are going to be traumatized. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be traumatized and be like, nope, I don't want to watch that. It's like the same case for me when I watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's... <laughs> Oh, oh wow, that's... yeah. It's just yeah. Tim Burton films for you. You watch a Tim Burton film and you are just quaking in your boots. I'm like, she me timbers. I'm scared. <laughs> You're yeah. a pirate, apparently. Arr, yes. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to be talking about Tim Burton. We're going to be here talking about the director of this film, Paul King, who previously directed the Paddington films. I haven't seen Paddington yes. 2, but I should have seen that. Yeah. I should Wait, you that. haven't seen Paddington 2? Yes. I'm so sorry, everybody. I can hear the screams right now. Now I can hear the screams <laughs> like, "What do you mean you haven't watched Paddington no! 2? Yeah, I mean Paddington Two is fun. Don't worry, next year before Paddington Three, we're oh. gonna do all three Paddington films on the podcast. What so... a teaser! What a teaser! Right? Right? There. I have this planned out a year in advance. I'm teasing everyone. <laughs> he is. He is planning everything, listeners. He is the master planner of like he will dedicate to what we watch and stuff. So yeah, without this podcast, we would not have this plan at all with this whole thing. Like what we're going to talk about but here we are here's Wonka so should we get into it absolutely Uh, first of all I know I said we'd be doing Rebel Moon but Wonka was just so magical that we just we couldn't not talk about it I was really spellbound by this film considering we'll talk a little bit about the marketing and all the stuff that we found before the film yes but this game is a real surprise to me so full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it Wonka briefly explain the plot for those who don't know Right. Armed with nothing but a hat full of dreams, young chocolatier Willy Wonka manages to change the world one delectable bite at a time. 
this might be the best explaining the plot. I have to say it. This is like the best yeah, one because that is short and sweet. It even got a reference to one of the songs in there. He's got 12 silver sovereigns in his pocket and a hat full of dreams. Uh, I've been playing the soundtrack to this film. It's so good. Again and again. It's fantastic. This is like the most enjoyable film that I had this year. And it had like a lot of emotional weight. The emotional beats in the film are just so fantastic. You just felt directly pulled in, you know, with Willy Wonka's life and all the dreams that he has. And it was so funny. This might be the funniest film I've seen this year. Yeah, I mean, recently we talked about the Marvels and the musical sequences in that film and how disappointing it was. But this delivered on that need for music content on screen i feel like love him or hate him roald dahl his stories are just pure magic we talked about wes anderson's roald dahl shorts earlier in the year just utterly powerful stories and Mm. last year we didn't do this in the podcast but last year was matilda the musical which is incredible a really really fantastic film that's on netflix and i really implore everyone to watch it but there is just something that just you know this scratches all of the itches for a musical Mm. fan for somebody who wants something whimsical in the holidays this brought all of that in the most like it felt just nostalgic and i don't even know why because i'm not even a huge fan of the original willy wonka and the chocolate factory but still it really just got me yeah it just pulled me in with the musical songs that the first one come on the first one that opens with timothy chamelay singing a hat full of dreams and it's just like this idea of willy wonka you know you're going into this ride with him and it was just pure magic honestly yeah it was just nostalgic of a way of like watching music calls over again because it reminded me of the elements of like singing in the rain of like you know chasing dreams but also when dreams don't go exactly the same way you wanted to go but also it just had so much heart and so much warmth it's heartwarming you know for this time of year and i really recommend everyone just watch this at this you know at this time of year it's literally like a christmas movie but it's not at the same time you could argue about like die hard is a christmas film it is but with wonka it's exactly like a christmas film i don't know how to explain it it's just it has that vibe it's it's snowy it's it's winter i just felt so interested into this world you know with wild doll you know what you created for willy wonka what paul king has directed and what i found also interesting was you know with different directors with tim burton and then you see paul king's you get to see the whimsical sides of those stories as well and how they handle it but with wonka it's pure magic yeah paul king just nails i mean you get this in paddington as well but he just nails that kind of Christmassy vibes and you know I've always said and nobody ever agrees with me but I don't care Paddington is a Christmas movie and it's a fantastic one I would even say that it is the best Christmas movie I think a Christmas film goes beyond just the elements of the season it's about how it makes you feel and it's about these ideas about togetherness and love and family Mm. but also one of the things that i think is interesting is every year apart from 2020 we get a big film around this time of the year as far back as you can remember last year it was avatar the year before that it Uh. was spider-man 2019 it was rise of skywalker 2018 it was aquaman we usually have these big films that everybody goes to see they'll be grossing a billion dollars by the worldwide box office these are huge moments and that will continue but this year it's kind of un known what that film is going to be. Is it going to be Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom? Probably not. 
I think Wonka is the film that is going to do really well. And I hope it does because it's the perfect film for families. It's the perfect yes. film for people to go and see and have a great time with. And I think this, like a lot of musicals, will have legs. I think people will hear the good word of mouth and they'll go to see it because it really deserves to be seen. It really is fantastic. And I don't think the marketing of Wonka did it justice because <laughs> yes. this film didn't look good. The trailers weren't good. They weren't um, funny. Timothy Chalamet does not seem like the right guy to be playing a young Willy Wonka oh based God. off the trailers. In the yes. trailers, it just doesn't look right. But in the film, he actually is incredible. He's this chaotic guy in this film. But in the trailers, you know, what he's trying to show Timothy as Wonka, he didn't have it. It was just so bizarre. It was like, oh, God, what is this going to be? And I remember everyone was talking about it like, what is Timothy Shumley doing? I don't understand. Why is he not putting so much energy into it? And he does. He delivers. He absolutely delivers in this film as this chaotic guy with wild dreams of opening up this amazing chocolate shop and the factory at the end of the film. And one of my favorite things is also in the opening, but he's a massive daydreamer. And what I love about musicals is that they really capture the dreamy side of what it's like to have a completely different life. I mean, with La La Land, it had like this dreamscape as well. With Singing in the Rain, it's like a completely different world. And I think the opening does that really well with Wonka, you know, daydreaming about like opening this chocolate shop. And he imagines that people are dancing around with him. And one of the signs that says, no daydreaming here. And I I thought that's a good touch. With the film's subjects involved, like, you know, with dreamers and big corporate business about, like, they don't care about the people of Willy Wonka. He really cares about the people around him. And it's just a really touching film to go through and experience that warmth and the joy of chasing dreams. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful how the film has the villainous characters who very much try to control people and stamp out any kind of imagination and any kind of dreaming, as you say, and yet that drifts into people's life through Willy Wonka. There's a really great song called A World of Your Own, which is the song where he opens his first shop and we start with this darkness in the shop. And then as the lights come on, we see this beautiful, like it, very similar to what we will then get in the in the factory itself with the chocolate trees and the chocolate flowers mm. and the edible clouds and the, and the river. And he's singing this whole thing and how it can be a world of your own. And this is for the kid that you left behind. It all really works with that. And I think Chalamet, he can sing, he can dance. He's got whimsy and he has a magical glint in his eye. But also, and I wasn't really prepared for this, but... He brings a vulnerability to the role of Willy Wonka. He doesn't feel yeah. like any other... We got a little bit of vulnerability with Johnny Depp's version. Absolutely. I, you know, oh, I will defend yeah. that. Yeah. I think that a lot of people disliked that, but I really like what he brought to it. But I was on the verge of tears. When, I was when... crying. I was yeah, crying. Right, there you go. When Wonka gets out the chocolate bar from his mum <laughs> no, and, he... Uh, and no, he reads uh, it. And uh... I, mean, I mean, Sally Field, it... not Sally Fields, Sally Hawkins, she is wonderful. And she, oh. you know, with minimal screen time, like she's not really in this film very much, but she just does so much with that. And when he reads that note from her saying, it's not the chocolate that's special, it's the people you share it with. And he oh. sees her in the crowd. And as she promised, she's there for him. She blows him a kiss and it's just uh, the, the most beautiful. I was hitting the feels, man. I was I, just I, so on the verge of I, just... I, 
emotional destruction. Oh, it was so well crafted throughout the film. You know, it just drops there and there. You know, with the flashback of you know why Wonka wants to be a chocolatier because of his mom, and she made chocolate for Wonka, and literally a chocolate bar. And that final that that message. That is the most powerful storytelling I've seen from this film. It hits you so hard, that idea of like, it's about the people you share it with. And that is a strong message throughout the film with Wonka getting friends and helping him open up this chocolate shop. People were trying to chase their dreams as well. I was like fully tearing up, but I just cried. I was like, this is, <laughs> I was just like amazed about how this is just so structured so well. Yeah, there's one character played by Kala Lane called Noodle and she she is like Wonka's main friend throughout this. And one of, there's a song called For a Moment, which is, again, all the songs written by Neil Hannon. They are just wonderful. They capture the essence of the original songs so well. And they're really mm. catchy and they make you feel so much. And this one song for a moment where she sings about how Willy Wonka makes her feel like she has something to smile about, like she's not sad, like she's not an orphan stuck in a workhouse, like she actually has something good in her life. And that's what Wonka should be. He's dancing with her on this rooftop and they've got these balloons and they're floating off into the air and it's so magical. And the film could have very easily cast an older actress in this role and made it a love interest, but they didn't because they understand that the thing that is important is that this is a child's fantasy. This man with all these chocolates who's making your life better in these small ways. That is kind of what it is all about. And it really, really works well, I thought. That kind of angle of the film. And there's a really good bit where like he's finding things to rhyme with noodle. And it just all really works in ways that mm. aren't necessarily expected. Like this film is, is, is co-written by Paul King and Simon Farnaby, who did Paddington 2. And obviously Paul King also for Paddington 1 as well. Like all these films really understand a certain sincerity and a simplicity that actually makes it really kind of sore. Yeah. And what Noodle has been through, not realizing that she had a strong family, but her wish for a dream is also really emotional. Like all she wants is a house full of books and you know to be with the mother and not gonna lie that hit me hard i was like damn i don't know how they've done it so well with building up characters they just built it so three-dimensional all the way through you could really understand with the characters so well yeah i think the good characters are really really well defined and even there are some small characters like there are a lot of cameos oh, yeah. from <laughs> british comedians there's one bit where phil wang is playing this kind of like down on his luck guy who wants to win this girl and Wonka gives him this giraffe milk macaroon and he starts dancing with him and that's just so funny as somebody who knows British comedy and the woman that he wants to woo is played by Charlotte Ritchie. There's some really good stuff with that and Olivia yeah. Coleman as um, oh, Olivia Coleman oh as, the, as like the evil workhouse leader who traps people in these contracts. Brilliant. Just so brilliant. brilliant. And even Simon Farnaby plays a zoo security <laughs> guard who like, oh, you know, gets really drunk and ends up like calling somebody you sit next to in science class with. And then we get somebody else who is that person. And there's like there's this little love story going on. All that is brilliant. However, I do have to say that not all the cast works for me. There was a couple of sticking points. First of all, I really like the idea of the chocolate cartel and like the villains. I thought Patterson oh, yeah. Joseph was a scene stealer and Keegan-Michael Key was also great, as was Matthew Bainton also. Matt Lucas, though, I didn't think that he 
fits. I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was the bit that wasn't funny, and that kind of drags down the chocolate cartel bit a little bit. As a performer, I don't really like a lot of Matt Lucas's comedy anyway, but I just didn't think that he worked and kind of did ruin some of that. But bigger than that, my big problem with this film, and I hate that I have to say this, I'm really sorry, but Hugh Grant as the Umpa Lumpa, I just, <laughs> I just didn't like it. I, I have to say. Okay, I don't agree or disagree with you with that because I know exactly what you're talking about, Tom. I know exactly what you're talking about because everybody I know they're going to be in the comments like, no, Hugh Grant was so funny in this film. What you're talking about? I gotta say, with the Umpa Lumpa. It didn't really add anything to the film. I just felt that was literally uh, Duress X Machina, you know, for the end of the film. And it didn't really establish the relationship between each other, the friendship. And with Hugh Grant, no, it did not work. It just didn't really have that energy of the Oompa Loompas. Like, for example, if you look back at the original or the Tim Burton's version of the Oompa Loompas, they have like this, I don't know what it is, it's like this creepy aesthetic to them. You know, like they are trying to tell like tragic stories of what happened. But with Hugh Grant, I just felt like it just took away the drama side to Wonka. I just felt like it was very jarring. They could have added something interesting for the Oompa Loompa. It didn't really mesh with any of the themes they didn't really have a whole lot of plot significance or dreams Signific- exactly yeah yeah the, the significance they did give it it felt like you could easily write a different explanation for that Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa, they put him in a mocap suit, something which Hugh Grant, the actor, actually didn't enjoy a lot. And you see him in interviews. He hated he just, it. He, he hated wanted it. to die the whole time. I feel really bad it, for him. It does feel like he's phoning it in quite a bit as well in the role. You can kind of tell that he's not really having a great time. The CGI effects just looks weird. I'm sure there will be so many better ways to do this, but it just didn't work. And it yeah, just it felt like they had to tick every aspect of Willy Wonka. They're like, oh, we got the chocolate, we've got the Wonka, we've got the hat, we've got the cane, we've got the songs. Uh, we need the Oompa Loompa. Like, you don't, I don't think that the, the story needed an Oompa Loompa. If anything, that's a sequel. I don't want a sequel to this film, but you could easily make one with the Oompa Loompas. But I just think that, that that was just a whole ridiculous thing to shoehorn in, and it didn't really yes. work. And that's my one sticking point. Yeah. I thought that the film was really great and really emotionally powerful, but the effects didn't work and the comedy didn't work and the performance didn't work. And so just really, I didn't think there was any point to it. Yeah, it just felt very pointless. Like to the comedy sides of the film, there wasn't really funny ones, especially with Tom Davis and Olivia Coleman's performances as the couple. They were so brilliant. Like they were trying to be really happy about each other. And with Tom Davis' character as this like really mean guy he had this like really grumpy performance he was just so funny he had great moments as well like he was wearing he had like shorts but no they were like yeah was it like a lederhosen yes yeah like that and he was wearing that the whole cinema was laughing i was like dying laughing it was just brilliant how they pieced all together with the comedy especially with the security guard and they linked that so well and it didn't have like force into the characters is just one role out of a load of because you know you've also got Rowan Atkinson playing this chocoholic priest. Oh my god! You've got Keegan Michael Key as this also chocoholic police chief, and then there's another policeman who's played by oh Cobner Holbrook Smith, who actually kind of like enjoys what's going on. And there's a moment in You've Never Had Chocolate Like This, the song, where Keegan Michael Key passes it to him and says, like, "Have you ever had chocolate like this?" And he just breaks into song. Is like, "I've never had." 
had chocolate like this. Like, I really <laughs> love just all of the different characters. It's such a well-realized world. You've got Rich Fulcher as this failed comedian constantly making hilariously bad jokes. You've got Natasha Rothwell as this plumber who knows all the ins and outs of everything and Raki Thakara who plays this gossipy phone technician and Jim Carter who was a accountant who just got roped into this workhouse. Every little part is just so fun and enjoyable to watch and Ah, oh, you just gotta love it all. It's so effortlessly charming. And I will say it took me a moment to get into the world of the film. But as soon yes. as you're in there, it grabs you and doesn't let you go. Like, truly, I think this is something that people need to watch. Yes. Overall, this was just a film with so much chemistry, you know, like with positive vibes. And it's something to watch for Christmas. Whole cast is stacked. I love this movie. Me too. What a treat. I'm glad that we did this instead of Rebel Moon. Like, I haven't seen Rebel Moon oh, yet, yes. but apparently it's not that great. So actually, I'm really happy that we decided to do a film that is going to make yes. everyone happy. Also. So apparently the director's cut, I don't know why there was a director's cut for Rebel Moon. I guess we're going to continue with the whole idea of Zack Snyder's Justice League as well. But apparently the director's cut has a lot more things in context and more scenes that tells a lot more about this world of Rebel Moon. So I think we're going to wait for the director's cut for that because from what I've heard, it doesn't sound amazing, but we'll just wait for the director's cut. Yeah, it's just pointless to do this whole thing if you're not watching the full film. The whole reason why we made this podcast was because we were just so hyped for the Snyder Cut. And we eventually did the Snyder Cut and it was really cool. And we're both Zack Snyder fans and we both really care about seeing the vision and not seeing whatever watered down version. Like I still maintain that the Batman v Superman and Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition, they're very different films, theatrical and Ultimate Edition. This is a stupid thing for them to do. But at the same time, whatever, we'll we'll cover them one day. But yes, what are you going to give Wonka out of 10? I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you enjoyed it, you can give us a like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And next week, we are going to be doing Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which is the final hurrah for the DCEU. Uh, which is kind of depressing but there you go very depressing Um, it's been a long road 10 years and you can send us an email at asktimefilmpod at gmail.com let us know your thoughts on Aquaman and Lost Kingdom ask us any questions or answer it right here on the podcast next week yes and you can follow us on Instagram at outoftimefilmpod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zane Asvel on Twitter for more thoughts from Tom and TikTok to see edited clips, which are all also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. You can find the links to that all in the description below. Thanks to L. James Mayer for the excellent theme and Roland Phillips for vocals as always. And I think that's everything. That's everything. Happy holidays, everyone. Anyone celebrating Christmas, the big day is tomorrow. So I hope you have a great time and everyone just I hope, hope you have a, have a brilliant uh, time. everyone. And if you don't celebrate, I just hope that you have a great end of the year because also, you know, this is, it's not the last time you'll see us um, in yes. 2023, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, do have a great holiday and a, and a fantastic new year. Yes. Have a fantastic break, everyone. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm going to go listen to the Wonka soundtrack. Goodbye. I'm just going to chill and think about why did I see Hugh Grant as Umbalumba. I'm just going to cry in a corner now. <laughs> see ya. Bye.